really is all about how do we go from having almost nothing and really low self-esteem and self-confidence to a net worth of hundreds of millions of dollars. And in doing so, how do we figure out who we are as an individual and stick to those values and beliefs? Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Have It All podcast. Elon Ferdman here, of course. And I have an awesome guest interview for you guys today. I just completed interviewing a woman by the name of Melissa Kravacic. She has a really, really unique business model in that she's a coach, a really, really high-level coach, coaching only millionaires, um, coaching uh, one of the guys that she coaches, I think is worth something like $700 million, just really, really high level. And the way she got to this level, she went from basically homeless, uh, car repossessed, just, you know, that kind of story to doing what she does today. So it was really interesting. And more than that, I just find the way that she does it, she only works in masterminds for a very specific reason um, that she'll get into on this call. So a couple of highlights from today's show, how more sex equals more money. That was a cool one. The best way to start getting out of the starting blocks to have the greatest success And we spoke a bunch about how to focus on your zone of genius, how to actually get rid of all the distractions that have you doing things that even though you are well equipped to do aren't necessarily within your zone of genius and how actually that's really um, hurting you. She also shared a few exercises that you can do on how to figure out where your zone of genius is, figure out where you're wasting time, things like that. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Until we speak again, have an amazing day, my friends. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So like I said, I have an awesome guest. And uh, Melissa, I've actually, we've known each other for a while, and we just kind of bounced back into each other's lives. Um, Had an amazing uh, call the other day, and we're like, okay, we got to get you out here to share what you're about, what you're doing in the world, how you're impacting people. So first of all, Melissa Karachik, welcome to the show. Thank you, Elon, for having me. Awesome. Melissa, why don't you tell people your unique business passion model? And uh, then we'll get we'll talk about how you actually got here. Yeah, so I love to help people transform in all areas of their life, their health, their finances, relationships, career and self esteem, most importantly, their self esteem. But as a result of that self esteem, People tend to make millions of dollars, which is awesome. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's really all about how do you have it all all at the same time? You know, Elon, you live by that rule. So 
my passion really lies in bringing people in and really focusing on what is it that they're doing and how can they improve. Let me give you an example. I spent the last couple days out here in the state of Illinois and I have been at a military guy's house. He's very military. We were up at 3 a.m. this morning. We listened to music all night long to sleep and I had to sleep like where he could protect me. So (laughs) I think, you know, everybody has their own system in their life. But as I look around, um, there's a couple things that automatically jump out that he can improve. The first is that I see there's a 35 pack of Coca-Cola. There's all kinds of shit in the fridge. There's video games. So all of us have our own way of doing things. But at the end of the day, if we don't have somebody come in and assess our lives, how do we really know what to fix? Because we oftentimes lie to ourselves and say, oh, we're good. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, another example is I was at this guy, he's from Iraq, his home. And it was like, just very, very chill. And his first question is, okay, what can I do to improve my life? And I was like, well, hold on. I have to assess the situation because I can't just tell you do this, do that, because all of us react differently to, um, things that people tell us to implement in our lives. And if we prepare ourselves to implement them, then we're going to execute. But if we don't, then we're going to have a very difficult time in challenging ourselves to meet the expectations that we've set in our head. So how do you do this? Cause a lot, you don't work with people generally one-on-one. You have a very unique model. So how do you actually structure your business today? Yep. So people fly in from all over the world. They come to masterminds. All of them generally are millionaires. We sit around for three days. I have a private shop. Um, My masseuse comes and we spend three days really diving into the business. And as a result, then um, people will go off and create partnerships, relationships, and all kinds of other things out of uh, business opportunities out of spending those three days together. Those three days, nobody is from the same industry And there's models of brick and mortar and models of online. So the people that are online want to know, how do I have the brick and mortar model? Hmm. People that have the brick and mortar want to know, how can I implement the online strategies? And because everybody's in a various industry, it's really interesting for them to walk away because they're now not looking at their industry as an expert. They're looking at it as, how can I make more? How can I do more? And how can I impact more? How did you come up with this? Because it's, it's, you know, so Melissa is basically a coach. She just does yep. no one-on-one coaching. She just works with really, really high-level individuals and brings them. I think you said you do four of these a year, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so our next one is in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And you work with some of the most elite human beings on the planet. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like this guy uh, last night was a Navy SEAL, a $400 million company out of Minnesota. They are supposed to be a bank because they rotate through so much money. They'll do a hundred million in investments this year alone. So people like that really, really have their stuff together. There's a guy that from Cuba that came to the United States with nothing. He now lives in a $5 million home on Laguna beach. So really it's all about how do we go from having almost nothing and really low self-esteem and self-confidence to a net worth of hundreds of millions of dollars. And in doing so, how do we figure out who we are as an individual and stick to those values and beliefs? And what I found is uh, back in 2014, I wrote my first book. In 2016, I wrote a book called Millionaires and Money, Sex, Sales, and Seduction. And I asked 33 very specific questions to, um, I want to say 10 millionaire friends of mine. And a lot of people know these guys. So I was very candid about how sex and sales are related, how sales and 
seduction are related. And at the end of the day, I realized like, hey, all of these guys know other elite performers. So I said, let me have a mastermind in my house. Nobody's going to pay anything. All they have to do is fly in. I will house everybody. I will provide them food, drinks. Three days will just really dive into the depth of how we all became so successful and what that looks like and how we can share an impact to one another because the value lies in having those relationships you otherwise wouldn't be introduced to. An electrical engineer isn't going to be introduced to a doctor. A doctor's not going to be introduced to a brick and mortar, I don't know, any kind of company. So I happen to have access to all of them and I use that access to empower more people to make a bigger impact. And what's what's the draw for them? Are they... Because a lot of the time, you know, you're in an industry, every industry has millions of networking opportunities and conferences and things like that. What's the draw for these high level people that they're looking to intermingle with people completely in other industries and outside their realm of expertise? What's the draw and benefit to them? Yeah. So let me give you an example of this. Like, People will say, okay, I'm only going to come for an hour. And I will specifically tell them, you don't have to come for all three days. You can literally just come for one day, come for an hour, just check it out. And so people often say, yeah, I made so-and-so meetings and -and so-and-so meetings. You know how it is. You don't go to the city without making more than one meeting. And so they do that. And I will give you an example of a guy that did that. He goes, I'm only going to come for one hour. Like 13 hours later, he was still in the house. So all the other meetings were completely irrelevant because what was happening inside the house, which is pretty much NDA, it's it's non-disclosure. We don't sign agreements or anything like that. It's just a trust and respect thing. And so he walked away. He actually outsourced and automated his entire business model. Hmm. And then he started a new company based on just having fun because all of us realized within that spectrum of time at that particular mastermind, the more fun you have, the more money you make. Yes. <laughs> so you just got to have more fun. So when you're sitting in a house with other very high-level performers, eating and relaxing and, and not stressing in the boardroom about your next deal or how you're going to hire your next big star in sales or whatever the case is, you tend to think on a much deeper level and have much more clarity. And that is worth the investment of time and money um, to come out to the house and, and do that type of thing. So did this all stem from when you wrote that book and interviewed 33 of these uh, millionaires, did you gain some sort of insight into the world of this? That yeah. For you? Yep. So I interviewed 10. There was 33 okay. questions. Oh, 33 yeah. questions. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I've managed to help create several millionaires, four of them at that particular time. And I was like, Everybody wants to know, what does it take to be a millionaire? But millionaire is really like, it's an average position. It doesn't take all that much if we really think about it. It takes a few basic things, but those basic things are absolutely essential to running a million dollar business. And the higher you get up the scale, the 10 million, the hundred million, the 700 million, for example, um, commerce is worth about 700 million. He was in the book. And so these specific people, like, how are you doing this? Come, dude, you're 33. You've got two kids and a wife and you're worth 700 million. What did you do? Like, what are, what's the exact breakdown? How was sex essential to that? And so as I began to learn and explore and really get into that, I created my own show called Millionaires, uh, the Millionaire's Hot Seat. 
And so to this day, I've interviewed more than 120 millionaires. Some of them are billionaires. And I just want to know, like, what the hell are you doing (laughs) that we all should be doing? Because it's not a matter of what can we do more of? It's a matter of what can we do less of? Yeah. And so what were, you know, like top two, three things that you kind of learned and you're seeing patterns in these super, super successful individuals? Uh, well, I, I would say like the first thing is like have as much sex as you possibly can. Have as much sex as you possibly can? Yes, absolutely. Ah. Because that literally, like some people will argue and say that you should reroute the tension that you have for that to direct it at, at deals. It can go either way. Uh, I would say the former is definitely uh, the better of the two options, but Every single one of them, in fact, one of the one of the millionaires named their book like how sex increased my bottom line a thousand percent. I was huh. like, okay. But in all actuality, it doesn't necessarily come down to sex. It comes down to that support system, that fundamental foundation that we have that we can say, I had a good day, I had a bad day, I had a really like difficult time trying to find a new hire, or mm. I'm really struggling with this. And as entrepreneurs and high-level performers, we need that support system. We need to be able to share those ups and downs with people. We need to have that, like, you're not going to judge me. You're not going to tell me what to do. You're just going to listen to me. Hmm. So that's really... um, And does that come from um, an intimate relationship or does that come from, it could be a business partner or a friend or a coach? You know, I would say... Yeah, I would say it totally comes from more of an intimate relationship than um, a, a personal or professional relationship. And I would say that because um, when you go home, you're not carrying all of all of the burden of the business. When you when you're up in seven figures, you're not really necessarily coming home to say like, you know, I did X amount in in business today, or I signed on this new deal today. You're coming home to say like, I. I just need that support. I just need that listening ear. Hmm. Um, and there's a big difference because we use partners and I'm sure you use your brother the same way. And I know you guys yep. are much closer than other, other people, but it's really just, Hey, I just want you to listen to me. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling right now. And it's hmm. more of an emotional thing than it is like a psychological and financial thing. Interesting. Okay. So sex equals money. I like that. Yeah. What else? Yeah. <laughs> so you should spend more time doing the things that are within your power of genius or your zone of genius. We all want to think that we should do certain things and those certain things we aren't necessarily good at. So we had one client come out and he would spend 1800 hours a year writing email copy when oh. he's the CEO of the company. So those 1,800 hours a year times 17 years of business could have been given to other much more, um, like, much better things that would have served him on a much higher level. And so we talked about that. Like, 1,800 hours times 17 is, I don't know, but that's, like, tens of thousands of hours. Yeah, it's, like, almost 300,000, I think. Yeah. Hours that he could have done other things to make him even more successful than he currently is. But what he found is he got to go back to his family and say like, yes, we can finally have a vacation. We can um, spend time going to your soccer games and to dance recitals and really things that have much more meaning, value and purpose than spending all this excess time in the office 
thinking like I'm the best at email marketing when I'm totally not the best at email marketing. <laughs> the same is true all over the board though. So we shouldn't be negotiating deals if we're not good at negotiations. We shouldn't be on the phone selling if we're not good at sales. We shouldn't be delivering content if we're not good at delivery. All of these things have purpose and meaning. And if you're doing something outside of your zone of genius, you should really consider how much time it's taking you. Yeah. So uh, that's a really, really good point. So some of our listeners obviously have companies that are, are doing really well and others are kind of just in the starting gates or, you know, a few steps out of the starting gates. And they're hearing this like, well, I have to write my email copy and I have to do my sales calls and I have to do all that stuff because I can't afford to outsource. So obviously we're talking about people who are running big, big companies right now. Have you... Like, wh- how would that translate to someone who's kind of still coming out of the starting blocks? Well, seven years ago, uh, Elon, I was like dead broke, like broke, broke. So uh, homeless, car repossessed, six days in jail, like the whole nine yards. I was back at my parents' house and I was saying the same thing. Like, I don't have any money. How is this going to work? All I have is time and talent. And, and even my talent wasn't really like solidified back then to the extent or degree it is today. And really my confidence wasn't either. So what I would say to that is find a starting point. Where can you make the small investments? And the small investments over time are going to add up. Mm. Do you need to read more? Do you need to drink more water? Do you need to work out more? Do you need to figure out who within your inner circle can help you? So there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this. If food is the fuel to our business, then all we need to do is spend, you know, two, three hundred dollars on food delivery services, and all of a sudden we have probably 10 to 30 hours of our lives back within a month. Imagine how much money that could bring into the business with an extra 10 to $30 or 10 to 30 hours a month. Um, so that little piece is incredibly essential and, and you can get it. Um, groceries delivered on Amazon prime now yep. or, um, Mark Cuban, he'll, he'll do the same thing. So He'll go to any city and within hours, Amazon Prime has already delivered stuff to his door and he doesn't even have to worry about it. So it's not like we're talking about go out and get a private chef. I've had three private chefs myself. I The turnover on that is much higher than grocery delivery. So go with the grocery delivery. Figure out how you can systemize stuff and then do that. When it comes to email campaigns, that's where you're going to get into a, a much bigger expense. But if you can... Get into the little things and outsource the little things first. You're going to have a much higher return. I'm talking about things like the food, which we talked about. Um, You can do it with your laundry too. Uh, Some people hate that, but that is another thing where you can grab back a lot of time. Hmm. Uh, Organizational skills. Like you don't need to be cleaning your office. Find somebody to clean your office. Find somebody to clean your home. Find somebody like within reason that doesn't cost a lot. This is stuff that costs, you know, 20 to a hundred dollars a week. Maybe if you can't make 20 to a hundred dollars a week within your business, picking up a client or two or three or selling a book or a PDF or anything, then your business model probably has a problem. And that's where you're running into the block. Yeah. It's a really good point. I mean, it took us, I'm an immigrant. So it took my brother and I a long time because our conversation was always like, you can better yourself, you know, uh, and training people was a pain in the ass. So it's like, ah, I'll just fucking do it. Cause I'm going to have to redo it anyway, this and that. And it, it stopped us. I mean, I, I would say that the biggest shift for us to go from six figures to seven figures was giving up that old conversation and understanding that where we wanted to take our company, it was impossible 
to do on our own. And um, one of the, the things someone, like I remember the first shift for me was this, when there are things that we do in our business, all of us, and we do in our lives that we really enjoy. Like it, it's not, it doesn't seem like work. It's stuff that you actually are good at, you, you enjoy doing. And it's a major time suck. So like one of the things I really enjoyed doing was we shoot a lot of video and I really got into video editing. Like I learned oh. it. I loved it. It was kind of like this cool creative outlet. And one day we just got into this project and I was like, I have too many videos to make. We need to find someone, et cetera, et cetera. So we hired this guy. It was like, I don't know. It was like 35 bucks an hour or something like that. Yeah. And I remember he gave us this like three minute video back and it was at least 10 times better than anything I've ever created. It cost us 150 bucks for the video and that video, like put it this way, I couldn't even do that video because I didn't have the skills to do that. And even if I tried to do like my very, very best, it would have taken me like two, three days to get to even my good level, right? And meanwhile, we got it back in like a day it was spectacular and it cost 150 bucks. And I remember that moment very clearly because it was like the time that I would have spent, like say like, let's just say it was a day. Say it, it took me a whole day of just to make that video. Mm-hmm. That day in my world, that's like 10, 20 grand that I can make and I can literally pay someone 150 bucks to do a way better job and I don't even have to fucking worry about it. I was like, whoa. Okay. And that kind of like started snowballing stuff for me because I think what you have to realize is what your time is worth. And just yep. figure out like if my hour is worth even $50, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's still better off to offset that hour to someone that you're going to pay. If you can pay them anything less than 50 bucks, it's already worth it. You're making money. And yeah. once we did that, it was like, now we're just fishing for more opportunities. So my, my, well, say what you want to say, because I have a follow-up question to that. Oh, yeah. So I would say like the very same thing. And I know it took me three years, three years to hire my first guy. And I was like, what the hell? Because I kept telling myself, I'm not an immigrant. I would just say like, okay, I can totally do this. Like, it's going to be so awesome. And, and, you know, I would edit my own books and people would be like, why are you editing? Because I can because I know how, yeah. but just because you know how doesn't mean you're the best at it. It just means you know how. Yeah. So this is a really, really interesting point. Like how does one find and look for that thing or things that they could offset? Oh, okay. So here's an exercise that I take all of my clients through. So for the next three to seven days, Look at where you're spending every 15 minutes of your time. And I don't care what you're doing. You could be going to the bathroom. You could be singing in the shower. You could be um, driving in your car. You could be taking sales calls. But these 15-minute blocks will tell you the entire story of why you have the result you have. And you have to do it for three to seven days because that is going to really be an eye-opening experience. Do not judge it. Just simply do the exercise. Mm. And when you're done with the three to seven days, you should go back and repeat this exercise every quarter. And people hate me for this because 
it really is annoying that you have to write down what you're doing every 15 minutes. And once they start to realize where all the time is being consumed, whether it's reading the newspaper or going on social media or just talking to random people on the phone, which is not producing any kind of income, they tend to want to change their schedule. But here's Mm. how you're going to change it. There's another exercise. I call it the open circle exercise. On the first circle, so you draw three circles and they connect in the middle. Yep. And that's going to be your zone of genius. Yep. But in the other three circles, you look at what can I have my personal assistant do? What can I have my online assistant do? And what can I have my circle of influence do? So your circle of influence is the top five people that you have closest to you that make you do the things that you do. Now, you might be saying to yourself, like, that's ridiculous. But here's, here's a fact. No matter who these five people are, they have supreme influence on you. They are not just teaching you how to make calls. They are teaching you how to eat, how to live, what lifestyle to lead, um, how much money you're putting in the bank, how, how much you weigh, like how much you're exercising, all of these things. Um, so you need to be very careful about who is in that specific part. Then you've got your assistant duties, um, which are physical assistant duties. They can go get your mail. They can pay your bills. Um, they can make sure like all of your team is doing the things that they need to do. And then you've got your online team, which is basically um, doing your email marketing campaign, your social media campaign, your Facebook ad campaigns, or any other campaigns you might be running, doing all the tactical work. So you stay in this zone. And this zone is what is the number one thing you can do that can produce the most revenue and create the highest impact possible while all of the other things are happening outside of you, but you still have control over because the center of the wheel is the most essential. Mm. And yeah, I think once you understand that your zone of genius is X, the, the conversation I think for most people is, well, I'm going to be spending all of this money that huh. otherwise would go to me. So I'd rather do it. And I think the shift is it might seem that way in the beginning. And one of the things that I learned early on is like an investment in a VA or a personal assistant or anybody that you hire, like generally the way we do it, it's a three month trial. You're going to try someone for three months in three months, that investment, like even if it's say 5,000 bucks a month that you're going to spend someone, right? Like don't think of it like, Oh my God, I'm going to give someone 60 grand. It's like, you're going to invest 15,000 bucks over the next three months to figure out if this person adds X, Y, Z value to your business. After those three months, you're going to really know, A, if you want to work with this person, first and foremost, but B, you're going to understand how much additional uh, revenue you're going to be able to generate by you focusing on that, which you want. So it, it becomes less of this massive risk, scary, like, oh my God, we're hiring this person, blah, blah, blah. And it just becomes like, well, let's try it out. Let's see. And if honestly, like for some of you guys, it might be like a thousand bucks a month, right? So it's like $3,000 to try this out and see if it works for you. It's just a no brainer. And it, it, the amount of time that you're going to save, how you get to refocus on that, which you want and, and really creates the most results is yeah, it's it's almost never failed us. That doesn't mean it's that you always hire the best person. You, it's not necessarily that you hire the best person the first time. It's just oh, that no. <laughs> you'll understand the value of it very, very quickly. 
Yes, but this is the thing. You, when you do this, there's going to be a training period, like you said, Elon. And, and so maybe you will hire three people for the same task and you figure out which one is the best within a shorter period than 90 days, or maybe you just hire one person over 90 days. However you do it, make sure that there's a trial period. One of the other things I tell my, my very high level uh, elite clients when they're getting over um, the $10 million mark is, or, or sometimes even a million, but mostly 10 is take your top three producers and incentivize them to stay longer with your company. And what you're going to do is they're already your top producers. So give them one or 2% equity within the business because the business has already generated X, X amount of money and get them to sign a contract that they can get and cash out of the one to 2% equity as long as they stay for the next five years. Mm. So now your retention is much higher your equity value goes up because it's shared and you've got a stakeholders and board members. And the way it comes across to the public is, is much different than I'm the person behind the $10 million a year company. Hmm. Interesting. What do you, what do you see with these people when they've reached success? Cause I know a lot of our clients, right. With have it all, they, they have financial success and then different areas of their life they've really sacrificed to get to that financial success. Yeah. I'm curious to see in the people that you work with, you know, how, how their focus is, is it, you know, solely on the business? Are they good uh, family men and women? Do they get to have fun? Do they get to experience life? Are their relationships kick ass? Like what's your experience? Yes. Yeah, so of course, these guys that I work with have it all. Uh, there isn't really a section of their life that they neglect. So these guys are the people that are going to wake up early and go to bed late. But in between those hours, they're producing and performing at, high, at levels much higher than the majority of uh, well, the world. Um, and so upon waking up, it's instantly like, where are we going to work out? How are we going to get the most energy? What kind of like, how much water do we need to be putting into our bodies? And we're really not putting anything more than water within the body simply because we know that anything that isn't clear is going to create, um, some sort of like mask within our brain. And so that mask is not going to help us get, get further. Uh, so once they attain that, then it's like breakfast time with kids and off to school with kids. And then, you know, you still have to spend like a little bit of time with your spouse, whether it's before or after the kids when you're off to the gym or you're so like the first three to four hours of the day are already occupied and extremely busy. It's like your feet hit the floor and you're off to the races. Like it's just how it is when you have kids. And I mean, you know, you have to. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the, they don't work in the office for 18 hours or 16 hours or even 12 hours because they can't afford that. But what they do do is they come home and know that their family is everything. One of my clients has done very, very well. And they have nine kids. Wow. So yes, you can run over a hundred million dollar a year business and still have nine kids and still manage everything, but there has to be systems. There has to be, um, everything in place. And I can say that his wife was homeless at one time. She lived in the car with four of the kids. And so at the end of the day, it's really about how bad do you want it? And what do you want it for? What, what is the legacy that you want to leave? What is the impact that you want to have? Who is the person that is going to help you get there? And 
um, going to family activities, um, weddings and all of that definitely um, doesn't happen all the time, but it happens most of the time. There are definitely going to be times where business is going to take precedent over, uh, let's just say, a baptism, graduation or whatever. But when it's your own kid, you will be there. Um, when it's other people's kids, you're probably going to be like, you know, I really have a business meeting and that's just how it is. And so mm-hmm. there's a, a fine line of balancing, like, what is a priority for me? Who is a priority and how am I going to make that fit into my already excessively busy schedule? When they're, I feel like every uh, entrepreneur and successful entrepreneur that I've met, like you, for example, right? You have a crazy story where I was almost homeless, this and that, turned it around, yeah. et cetera. Have you found that the people that you work with have all kind of had these incredible stories and have had to overcome incredible odds to, to get to where they are? Well, the more successful you are, the more you've already failed. Huh. So you basically have to just keep failing to be successful. And and I think that's like the key. You got to come out of it knowing that you're stronger and better than the situation itself and that the situation itself happened because of a result of the decisions that you made. And I can say like from my own, my own story, I know that there's emotion involved. And every time I talk about it, there's definitely like, you know, I didn't wake up uh, after coming back from India and, and I wasn't excited to go to the office. I wasn't like, oh, I need to go make some deals today or I need to like talk to so-and-so today. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to just be left alone. Hmm. And so I think women more than men um, have to focus on the emotional aspect of the business. So one of my clients called last night and and she is very like, I need help right now uh, because of the emotional toll that sometimes happens uh, as a result of death, devastation, and divorce. And these things are not things that no matter how much you make or what accolades you have or what success you've accumulated, these are the things that are absolutely going to happen to every single one of us. And we just have to deal with them. We all deal in our own ways, but if we don't heal from them, obviously we're not going to move forward and our business is going to spiral out of control. And that's something we all have to be very careful of. Yeah. So what kind of, I'm just curious, like what kind of failures and mistakes are uh, these people dealing with when they're going from that 10 million to a hundred million dollar company? Like what is, what does that look like for them? So uh, I believe Com has made, uh, I think it was his 11th company that was successful. Uh, so as you can imagine, he took a, a loan from one of his buddies and he'll tell you, like, it's very difficult to live in a house where you took a six figure loan from a buddy because you have to see them every single day. Um, where you go to the bank and you take a loan and you don't have to see that every single day True. when it's right in front of your face, you're very like, okay, I'm in a corner. I got to get this shit done. And so most of the failures are, you know, I left my business become successful. So I didn't take care of my health. Then my health failed me and I lost my money because I wasn't prepared to spend so much time in the hospital or so much time getting Mm. better. Or I created these bad habits that eventually caught up to me, smoking, gambling, um, drinking, whatever. Obviously we're all humans. So this stuff is not, um, irrelevant to success. It, It happens on a regular basis or, you know, I made a bad investment and I lost it all. I can give you an example. Um, there's a guy here in town. He does about a hundred million in real estate and financial advice. And he's 
got eight brick and mortar locations and three online businesses. So 11 total. And his whole premise is I came here um, as an immigrant. I worked a job where I made 35,000 in a year. So I took $250 and that was my expense for everything in the month. My two Mm. kids, my wife, our mortgage, everything. And I saved $150. I bought my first property for 35. I put 60 in it and I lost 80. So he made nothing. But to this day, he has now built a incredibly successful real estate and financial advising firm. And so we all have to learn, like, you have to take the loss and get up and move on, or you take the loss and don't get up. But either of those decisions are going to get you a completely different consequence. Do they have just a different perspective on it? In other words, do they go into these things knowing that, you know, whether they're, they've lost money, it's an investment towards their education? Do they just know that this is how businesses run and then they're going to lose more and fail more than they're going to win. Like what's their mindset that has them be able to get up and continuously keep moving forward? They're crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, they come across the world as crazy, but I would say the, the driving force is really that their purpose is much bigger than their bottom line. So they know what their purpose is. And if it's, if you know what your purpose is, there is nothing and no one that is going to stand in the way of, of achieving that. I love that. Yeah. We, uh, this is the line that we use all the time. It's like the bigger, the why, the easier, the how. Oh yeah. Like you never really have to worry about the how, the how is going to come instantaneously. Yeah. So true. So what are you working on now? I know you've written, well, how many books you tell me you've written like six, seven, Eight. eight, eight books. What, what's, happening next in your life? What are you up to now? I just want to do the masterminds and I want to continue traveling the world, inspiring people. I just have one goal that is to be the most influential and powerful woman on the face of the earth. So whatever it has to be done to do that, I will do that. That doesn't mean I don't fail. I absolutely do fail. And I fail really hard when I fail, but I also like, uh-huh. I tell people, if you can afford to fail and you can afford to take the loss, then you you should know that it's not really a loss after all. It's really just a gain in experience. And that was the cost of the experience. So, yeah. um, yep. At the end of the day, it's about who can I impact? How can I impact them? And what does that look like in their life? Whether it's a startup or somebody who has, you know, a million, a hundred million, whatever the case is, Um, I still want to have that little bit of impact, which is why I continue writing and speaking and doing podcasts and all of that stuff. Because I remember when I had nothing and having nothing, the only thing I could refer to was YouTube. Wow. I mean, you know how it was. What was the shift for for you? Um, Just knowing that average people were coming up from nothing and doing it. And I... I didn't want to be that girl in the town of 300 people that couldn't own a house, that couldn't own a luxury sports car, that couldn't afford um, nice things. Because I would look at the people that I went to school with and I would say like, oh, well, they have Gucci and Armani and, and Versace and whatever. And it's not really that they could afford it. It's just that they found a way to afford it. 
And my parents were never finding that way to afford it. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. It definitely taught me a lot of different lessons. Um, But it also made me compare. And Mm. a lot of us get stuck in this comparison wheel, even uh, and especially on Facebook. Like, oh, so-and-so, like you you post a picture of your Cadillac yesterday. Instantly, people are judging white and black, white and black, right? Oh, you should do this to that car and that to this car. Like, we just got to stay out of that zone of judgment as much as we possibly can and focus on where do we fit into um, moving ourselves forward in little ways every single day. Mm, I love that. So how do people find you? How do people choose to work with you? What's that process like? How do people become part of the masterminds? Yeah. Millionairesandmoney.com. Millionairesandmoney.com. Yep. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. And then yeah. are there requirements? Obviously, I think you have to be a millionaire, but are there requirements other than that to become part of the mastermind, to start working with you? No, generally I have people on my show and then I'll just um, do the invitation after they're on my show because then I have that like mm. deep relationship versus just saying like, here's an open invitation to come to another mastermind. Listen, there's a million masterminds happening these days. Most of them are absolute garbage. Um, and most of them are charging people an amount of money that they would never see back in their lives. Like yeah. I've seen masterminds like, Oh, it's, you know, it's $10,000 for three days. And, and what is the ROI on that? The ROI is I just wasted three days and I lost $10,000. Yep. I've been to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have I. So I, I don't want people to come out to my house feeling like they're going to lose something. No, I want them to feel they're going to gain relationships. They're going to uh, gain opportunity. They're going to gain um, a solid return on their investment of time, money, effort, and energy. Awesome. And where uh, your podcast, just plug that so people know how to uh, listen to that. Yeah. So it's called the millionaires hot seat. Every single one is a millionaire and um, all of them have their own stories. We don't necessarily talk about the story though. I just ask everyone the same 10 questions all about mindset, daily routines, and um, things that actually matter that all of us can implement. So you can find that on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Awesome. Brilliant. Melissa, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, For those of you guys that are listening, please go check out Melissa. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, Guy and I are going to be on the hot seat here soon. So uh, You are. Yeah, we're going to check that out and we'll let you guys know uh, once we've done that. And uh, yeah, any, any last words, last tips for our audience? Just go make the right decisions. Think about every decision you're making and make the right decision. So if it comes down to lemonade and water, choose water. If it comes down to making one sales call and doing nothing, choose the one sales call. It's not major things that make a difference. It's minor things that make a major difference. That's true. Doing a lot of little things is what gets you to success, not doing a lot of big things. Awesome. Melissa, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with us. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll speak to you real soon. All right. Awesome. Bye. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family. And truly, truly, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. 
Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends.